Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of the United States Sports Show Football Edition. Uh, my name is Joe Marcellina, and joining me once again, uh, Mike Lockman. Mike, thanks good. for stopping by. Always good to be here. Yeah. We're, uh, we're recording this at Riverside Barbecue in downtown Nashua. Uh, we're here pretty much every Tuesday, uh, although not this week. We're doing a few a day early here. Um, we're pretty much here every Tuesday night. Uh, you can come on down and you know listen to us, throw french fries at us, uh, whatever you like. Uh, or you can send us questions at uh, nhhighschoolsports at gmail.com or get us on Twitter at nhhsports. And, you know, here we are now getting ready to start the playoffs. It's, um, you know, brackets are out. Yep. Um, I don't know if you've had a chance to look over them. I, I, I mean, they're, they're what we thought they were going to be, yeah. um, you know, earlier in the weekend. Uh, any anything that um, kind of stands out to you though about maybe the last week of the season or, or what we're looking at uh, coming up this weekend? Well, I, I mean there were a lot of there were a lot of pretty interesting games this weekend. Um, you were at Bedford Merrimack, and uh, unfortunately not as good of a game as as it was. No, not, not to quite, be. not quite. Yeah. Uh, um, in fact, it was probably one of the most uh, one-sided games. I I, I think I might have been at for a long time i mean once I, I mean given that that both teams were fighting for the number one seed i mean it sure didn't look like that kind of game yeah um you know it was uh 28 nothing at the end of the first quarter um and i think merrimack had run six plays five plays something like that um you know they um their first drive ended with a you know bad snap that led to a sack um Second drive ended with a fumble. Third drive ended with an interception. Yeah. They fumbled a punt. You know, they, when they finally did stop Bedford and force a punt, you know, they, they fumbled the punt. Yeah. Bedford scored off that. Um, it was just... Sounds you know, like they might have had a little bit of a hangover from the North game, which was, you know, a tough game. It was a physical game, certainly. I think that they, uh, they probably poured a lot of effort and emotional energy into securing that because that got them the the top spot in their conference so right um, yeah wonder a little bit about you know and, and bedford on the other side probably really fairly well rested right i mean they were secure no matter what happened at least in their own um, right they they were also you know locked into a home game right i mean that game was for for you know basically two home games right. if, you, if you win the first round um you know and and I, what i thought was kind of interesting um talking to ryan toscano after the game he'd mentioned that that their coach um derek stank had uh kind of drilled into them that remember what happened two years ago yeah you know that that this we beat them twice the second time to go to the finals in a game that they thought they had won you know and they came out there was like this is a team that's going to want revenge Bedford came out looking more like that team, yeah. Um, which I thought was also kind of remarkable, given that it was senior night. Um, you know, usually you, you have the, the stuff that goes on beforehand, and, and it takes you a little while to get going. Um, they were ready to go from from the opening kickoff. Yeah, yeah. I, I I was surprised with the score, but but then when you start to look at it, maybe not as much as I could have been. Again, with the the battle that. Uh, that Merrimack had to fight the the week before, and maybe they had just poured so much into that that it made it tough. But I think it's also very uh, very possible that Bedford is is really just that good and found the emotion and and the motivation to get up for that one and say, you know what, this is this is probably our biggest challenge right now. We're headed into the playoffs. We want to go. We want to head in there on a really strong note and make a, make a statement about how good we really are. And my guess is it was probably a combination of the two because. Yeah 
seems like Bedford came out with a chip on their shoulder, took advantage of every Merrimack miscue they possibly could. You know, you, you look at that side of, of Division One. of course, it's, um, you know, crossover there between, uh, or a, you know, a cluster with the uh, North and the West conferences. So Bedford's the one seed, Merrimack's the two, National North the three, and Goffstown the four. Bedford gets Goffstown in the quarterfinals. But you look at what they did against all three of those teams. They beat North 31-7. They beat Goffstown 44-7. And now they beat Merrimack 56-14. to Right. I mean, what would be more surprising at this point? It's got to be that Bedford isn't the team representing this side in in the championship game, right? And and maybe I mean not to get too far ahead, but maybe the the favorite to go all the way, yeah. just because you look at that other cluster, and there's some really good teams in that cluster, but um, it, it reminds me a little bit more of Division Two South in that you know te- different teams have beaten up on different teams week to week, teams that you thought were going to come through and, and be. Eight and one, or yeah, what have the, you, or the six team, and three. Team that's playing, maybe playing the best football right now, isn't even in the playoffs in Wyndham. Right. So I mean, yeah, even on that side, that side of um, the grouping is a little bit um, maybe more even than you know the side that that Bedford is in. Um, you know, they did play Goffstown though in that stretch of of three games to open the year when Goffstown really was struggling. Yeah. They did score um, on their first drive on them. May, you know, went took a seven nothing lead, but then, you know, gave up forty four unanswered. Yeah. Um, you know, I think that Merrimack North game too is the the. I I would hope that it's the same like a same con similar kind of game to what they played in the regular season, back and forth, close, um, entertaining. It also wouldn't surprise me though if North went into that game and won by a couple of touchdowns. Hmm. You know, just given you know maybe Merrimack looks past them a little bit having already beaten them yeah you know north is maybe a little bit more geared up geared up for it yeah 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 Yeah, i mean hey i've seen that that's bitten me personally as a coach in in playoff times it's you know no matter how much you try to guard against it and uh i've seen it happen to other teams it's almost like the advantage in a weird way goes to a team if there's two good teams goes to the team that may have lost the first round uh you know the first meeting just because there is that gear up on the other side. Yeah. So that should be interesting. Those two games, of course, uh, as of right now, um, scheduled for Saturday. Yep. Um, I, I would be very shocked if anyone ends up playing Friday night as much as, uh, as, much as we might want them to. Right. Um, it's never usually the case. Of course, on the other side, um, as we said, the Wyndham's not in the playoffs, uh, having, you know, despite kind of a resurgence there in the second half of the season, beating yeah. Pinkerton, beating Salem, I think they won what their final four in a row to get to six and three, um, but everyone else was, you know, game ahead of them. Yeah. Uh, you know where it counted. Uh, of course, when it kind of winning the the East at six and three, uh, they're the number two seed. Londonderry eight and one in the South. They're the, the one seed with Salem and Pinkerton three and four. That's you know kind of um, if you had said you know if you had asked me back after. The Pinkerton Londonderry game in the regular season, um, they would meet again. I would have assumed Londonderry would be the lower seed. Yeah, and they'd be going to Pinkerton, Pinkerton right? Yeah. But but Londonderry, um, in a weird way, and I'm sure the the Londonderry folks would not say this, but uh, as an outsider looking in, I mean, Londonderry has quietly been an outstanding team in that cluster. I mean, the only loss is to Pinkerton, and that mm-hmm. was a pretty good yeah. game. 
Um, and, and in a rivalry game, as we've discussed, you know, it was midseason when those things were happening. I mean, anything can really happen. Um, you know, coming out of there, Pinkerton kind of... Um, yeah, they, they lost the following week. Right, uh, had, had, a, had a bit of a, you know, a post-victory hangover. And then Londonderry, other than that one blemish, has been pretty convincing week to week against really good opponents. Yeah, they, had, um, they got out to a big lead the following week against Wyndham with Stu to come back there, you know, had that, that um, back and forth game against Winnicott that they were, took a bigger lead in the second half and withstood, again, withstood a comeback. Yeah. Um, you know, they've been, uh, I mean, they're, they're number two in the, um, the power pole. They've been, you know, eight and one is, is, uh, you know, no laughing matter, I think, no. in division one. Especially not with the opponents that they yeah, faced. Yeah. It just is, can they, can they kind of, get past the, the the demons I guess that have you know been in this game you know they haven't beaten Pinkerton I want to say in like 20 years or something or it's been yeah. a, or 19 meetings or something like that it's been a long time yeah. since they've they've beaten them um, you know so who knows I mean do you do you almost look at Pinkerton as a favorite going into that game just because they've had so much success against Londonderry yeah I mean you know I you like to think history doesn't matter, right? I mean, some people like you and I and the coaching staffs probably understand this. I have kids probably way more week to week about that stuff. But, you know, if you go back to some of the other things that we were saying about, um, you know, how maybe the team that lost the first meeting is geared more towards proving a point, revenge, and things like that, then I'd give the favor to Londonderry. They're on a roll right now. I think they're probably filled with confidence. Pinkerton's reeling a little bit. I mean, I think that that last game that they had, um, who, who was their last opponent? Uh, against Winnicott. Yeah, that was I a mean, clo- that was close game. important to Pinkerton, it, right? Yeah, it was a close game, and they started to pull away, and Winnicott started to empty the, empty the bench. Yeah. And yeah. So uh, both teams in kind of different emotional positions, too. Um, I don't know. I, I'm, not, I'm not sure that I would give the advantage I don't, to Pinkerton. I mean, you might almost look at... You know, the road teams could potentially both win these games. I mean, Salem going to Winnicott, you know, they already beat them once this year yep. at Winnicott. Yep. Um, you know, it's kind of – but then again, I guess that, you know, plays into it too is, is you know, how much does – how tough is it to beat someone twice in, in the yeah. same year? It's, it's not, very you know, tough, yeah. especially if they're relatively even match teams. And I think that this these these teams in that cluster are all – pretty right. evenly matched and that you know again Londonderry's record I think would say Londonderry has the edge there but um, I, th- I think they're all pretty evenly matched yeah almost take a you know pick a name out of a hat and yeah and yeah, it'll, um, it'll be who makes the mistakes and who's who's uh, who has a better week of practice and all those sort of cliche things but that's really what it's going to be I think is just who has that little bit of an edge coming into the uh, coming into the playoff game uh you know, we're finally um, able to sit back and understand what ha- what Division Two is now. Yeah. Um, you know, after spending weeks of saying, I just don't get what <laughs> what yeah. happened this weekend it's specifically. Been a lot of fun, it, it has yeah. been, and it looked like it was going to be, uh, you know, a little bit more fun. Um, you know, over the weekend, obviously schedules changed with the weather on Saturday. Um, you know, and and, and you know. Good job by a lot of these these ads and coaches and teams of being able to move things around. Um, you know, it seemed like in the cases where there were going to be problems with fields, teams were able to either play early uh, a day, you know, Saturday games, play them a day early on Friday afternoon, or 
you know, get the help from some other schools. I know that St. Thomas Hollis Brookline game was at Sauhegan the other day. Yep. Um, you know, so that was good to see that 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 um, it was kind of a uh, um, preemptive strike uh, to get these games moved around. Yeah. Yeah, and it worked out nice. There were two really interesting football games. Both played in Amherst this weekend. <laughs> um, I went to uh, the Sauhegan Bow game on Friday night, which is actually the first time I had been back in that in that um, beautiful facility since since the last game yeah. when I coached there. And uh, you know, it's funny. We were talking the week before. You had said, well, you know, who who might you give the advantage to there? And I had said, well, on paper, probably Bow, but. I can't possibly count Sauhegan out because of the type of experiences they've been through in the season. And it was pretty much that same exact Sauhegan script, right? It was, it was a struggle in the beginning. Um, you know, Sauhegan popped out to a quick lead, uh, which I didn't even see the beginning of it. So I came in and it was uh, Trey Johnson was just scoring around the left end uh, in the far end zone to make it 14 um, nothing. It's like, wow, all right, here we go. And then all, Bo comes tearing back, goes up 15-14 to end the half. Um, and then after that, it was, it was just a, it was like a night and day kind of thing. You, you, thought, you figured Bo had all the momentum. And Sauhegan um, had been a little inconsistent the year offensively and defensively, but they had been able to pull out um, big things at important times, mm, right? Little yeah. comeback wins or almost comebacks against yeah. certain teams and had just been so resilient. And I don't know what they, they said or did at halftime, but the game was almost representative of what Sauhegan's season had been, which was, you know, hey, it's on the line right now and we have to play our best football. They came out. They were really balanced. They took advantage of some, uh, you know, some interesting things that, that uh, I think happened to Bo in terms of time management or, or, or uh, down and distance type management and, pulled away um so it ended up being a really entertaining football game yeah and they um Sauhegan on you know four game winning streak going into the playoffs really since that that game against Milford where they they got thumped yeah um yeah and really they're you know at six and three they're only really bad loss on the year I mean they lose to seven by seven to St. Thomas to open the year uh seven to Alvern earlier in the year um you know they they're a team that gives up points but they score a lot of points right. too um, and they get a rematch with Bo this week. Another, yeah. you know, I, I, if this, the regular season wasn't kind of odd enough, you know, four, three of the four quarterfinal games are going to be rematches of last week's games, where yeah. you've got Sauhegan going to Bo, um, you know, Milford and Alvern, a game that came down to the final seconds there. Um, I believe Milford had a bit of a lead, and then Alvern came back and got a two-point conversion with 12 seconds left to win by one. Yeah. Um, and they get to do that again in Hudson. Right. Um, this week, and then of course Hanover going to Plymouth um, in the one-eight game, which um, you know beginning of the year I I wouldn't have guessed that. Um, you know Hanover struggled the last couple weeks, um, you know, but it, it's kind of kind of interesting that 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 you know that was the last week of the regular season, and now here we are going into the playoffs with the same yeah a lot of the same matchups. Yeah, and 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 again going back to what we were just talking about. So, you know, Sauhegan Bo, I'm not so sure that I wouldn't give the advantage to Sauhegan again, even though we talked about that revenge and, and, and being geared to come back. I, some of that story was, oh, well, you know, it wasn't as close as it seemed because the wheels kind of came off in the very end when Bo was just, you know, trying to do the wing and a prayer kind of thing. But honestly, Sauhegan's offense never really got stopped. Um, 
you know, there were there were a couple of drives where they were moving the ball at will, and then they had a bad holding penalty or something, you know, an untimely holding penalty, right. and yeah. that sort of derailed things. But other than that, they were balanced. They kind of did what they wanted to do. Um, and then you look at the emotion that Milford must be feeling about having to play Alvern again after – what was it? it? You said it was thirty-four to 30, fourteen 30 at one point. Thirty-five to fourteen. It was yeah. They were up. They were up a bit. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure exactly what it was. And ended up losing on the last play of the 36, game. Thirty-six, thirty-five. Yeah, it was the final. Yeah, and Coach Roth, I, the you know, says we're going for two in the win. I mean, that's at the very end of the no, no time on the clock. Yeah, I think. Yeah. That, yeah. Um, Twelve seconds left. I think. That yeah. Was, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, and then one team that 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 didn't get in nearly got in. It seemed for you know for a quarter it seemed like it was going to get was ho- that you know Hollis Brookline playing again St Thomas yesterday uh, yeah. or on Sunday um, they got out to a twenty two to nothing lead I remember seeing that and thinking well why wow. not why right, not of course you know, the way perfect the way this is, this is gone yeah. um, you know but they, you know after it's twenty two nothing I mean you f- you think you figure St Thomas outscored them you know forty three to fourteen the rest yeah. of the way I, I mean it just um, I said to you before we started. I said it sounded like Sean DeCorn might have given uh, his uh, his offense a uh, a Chris Sale <laughs> he started inspirational yelling, yelling speech. At everybody. Well, I don't think in, yeah, in, a, in yeah. a negative way. Right, it sounded right. like he really rallied them, you know, based on the article and and uh, you know he, that he was quoted as saying, "Hey, pulled him aside and said, let's not do this, right? Let's not give up. Let's let's do what we always do and get rolling.'" And he said, and "Then we got that first drive and everything just sort of started clicking." But yeah, how, how much of a difference do you think that makes? Um, you know, because that game for them really was kind of meaningless. Yeah. I mean, because they had already they were going to be the number two seed, regardless. Yeah. Um, you know, seven two eight and one. You know, now that you're at this point, it really, really doesn't matter what the numbers were. Yeah. Um, how much of a difference do you think it makes for them winning that game as opposed to, to going into the playoffs with a loss? I think it's pretty big, and I I think the other thing that it shows you. Um, about them, and if I was their coach, I'd be looking at it as like, you know, that's exactly why they're as good as they are. You know, they they're talented. Obviously, they've got a, a pretty good defense. They're uh, got a very good, experienced quarterback. But, but there's a lot of teams that have that. Hollis has that, right? Right. So yeah. what happened there? They have leadership, and they're playing week to week, and they're trying. Th- a, a win's a win, right? And we're gonna take this one at a time. We're not gonna be doing the oh well, we're in, you know. So yeah. who cares yeah. thing. They're focused, and so that makes them extraordinarily dangerous, I think, going in. I mean, you know, not to project too far ahead, but um, if I was anybody facing them, I'd be t- I'd be terrified. <laughs> because, well, because Hollis Brookline yeah. was fighting oh, yeah. their lives, yeah. right? They yeah. came out, punched him in the mouth. Yeah. Hollis went on kind of an emotional roller coaster, you know, probably expecting Bo to take care of business at, at Sauhegan. Right. No, all right, now we have to go to but a neutral field and play a game. Oh, we're up! Hey, and then all of a sudden, oh, it just kind of came know, back yeah. down to ca- yeah. Took the well, I think as, as Coach uh, Lone said, they took the foot off the gas. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Plymouth, or excuse me, St. Thomas, the one team that, uh, or, or the one playoff matchup in Division Two that isn't a rematch of any point at this year. They get uh, John Stark in the quarterfinals. Mm. Um, you know, John Stark. Um, Finish out the season with wins over Hanover, Guilford, Belmont. You know, two teams that were, you know, of course Hanover in the playoffs. Guilford, Belmont, kind of f- on the fringe there, yeah, like they like had John a ch- Stark. They had a yeah. Chance. Yep. Um, you know, but I I gotta imagine. I mean, there got to be a huge underdog going out there um, for this game. I would think so. Yeah. I mean, I, 
I like the way that, you know, I've seen them once or twice this year, and I like the way they go about our, their business. I think that Jacob Cole is a, is a really good player. I think they've got some good people up front, offensive and defensive line people that could be very dominant. But, um, but they've been a little up and down, and so they're going to have to pull it, pull it together, I think, pretty good. No, I, I think they can make some noise, but, um, yeah, you'd have to think they're probably not tremendously advantaged going into that situation. Somebody asked me um, this weekend, you know, is Division Two Plymouth and, and everybody else this year? You know, because you, you look at their record again, they're undefeated again, um, going for three championships in a row. Uh, you know, a lot of their games, uh, you know, y they look like lopsided scores just because, you know, the, the final ended up being a couple of, a couple of scores. Um, yeah. But I feel like their games against tougher competition, you know, the Bows, John Stark, uh, St. Thomas, Hanover, I mean, they, they were, you know, games maybe where Pl Plymouth was able to pull away a little bit. And the St. Thomas game, not so much. They got out to a good lead on them. Um, so I don't know. Is it, 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 is it Plymouth and everyone else? You know, if you had asked me a couple weeks ago, I would have said yes, or I might not have, just to be, just to keep the, <laughs> <laughs> I might have, might have BS'd my way through that and been like, keep well, some intrigue know. going, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. but, but in, in my heart, I would have said yes, but I don't know, like, I look at it now and I would say, based on what we just said about St. Thomas and how they ended, not just their season, but ended that game, that's a ton of momentum going into the playoffs with, um, you look at, I, I think there's a, another team, if Milford, um, wins this week. I think Milford's still very dangerous. And um, again, a, a style that matches up with Plymouth. The, the history between the two programs may not say that, but they're both physical. They're excellent at running the ball. They're disciplined. And then, like I said, Sauhegan, even I would say, um, just because of the way their story is kind of played out, is, uh, is a dangerous team. And that's a, sort of an age-old rivalry there that if they ever had the chance to interact <laughs> Another age-old rivalry, though, that, that's been dominated very, by, yeah, uh, by one side. Right. And that would be, you know, if, if they were to advance Plymouth and Sauhegan, that would be a semifinal matchup, um, cause, you know, as the 4-5 game uh, for Sauhegan, Bo yeah. being the four. I mean, that would be an interesting semifinal, too, Plymouth and Bo. I mean, that's been the championship game yep. the last two years. Um, yeah, so, I, I mean, it's... it's um, I mean, it's tough to say one way or the other just because you don't know, you know, what the difference in competition is yeah. from conference to conference. I mean, right. of course, you know, the teams at the bottom of the north were, were a little bit weaker than the teams at the bottom of the south. Yep. But that middle ground uh, was much more competitive. Yeah. Uh, I guess, well, only one way to find out. When, yeah. we're, here, when we're here in, in two or three weeks talking, ab yeah. you know, about the, the championship games, then I guess we'll Well, in the south, we'll they're know. pretty good in those crossover games. Yes, they did. You yeah. know, I mean, yep. again, again, Sauhegan just beat Bo. I would have said on paper that's probably not going to happen. I mean, the actually, I think, I th uh, just looking at it real quick, I think the only wins them. for the North were Hanover over Hollis Brookline, yep. and um, and Pl early. and Plymouth over St. Thomas. Yeah, and 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 uh, Hollis could have won that could game. Yeah, that was a pretty close yeah. game. Yeah. So an inter interesting, um, some interesting thing to keep in mind a little bit. Yep. Uh, you know, moving to Division Three, um, I guess kind of the surprise um, is that we're sitting here and, and Campbell's the three seed, going. You know, two they go from playing Benadnock for that number one seed yeah. a couple weeks ago. Um, you know, getting kind of banged up in that game, and then coming back last week and you know dropping a, a game to Lebanon um, with Trinity beating Summersworth. 
the points. You know, Division Three. You know, they seeded teams by the points this year. Um, Trinity jumped over Campbell uh, w- with that win over Summersworth. So yeah, you know, they're the two seed now. Um, yeah, you would not have predicted that coming into the season. No, you wouldn't have no. predicted it two or three weeks ago. No. Um, it looked. I mean, it looked like. I mean, because because Campbell and Monadnock were were two games ahead of everybody. Yeah. Um, two weeks ago, you know, so it really didn't look like it was that was possible. No, well, especially not knowing the talent level that Campbell has. I mean, who was gonna, who was really gonna face them? And um, do we know? No, so they they lost this week. Do we know whether um, he did? Mills uh, did play. Yeah, yeah. whether Keegan yeah. Mills had yeah. played or not. Okay, yeah. so that's interesting. Yeah, we had yeah because he had gotten hurt against Monadnock, came out of that game in yep. the second half, but he did play uh, last week against Lebanon. Um, you know, Monadnock, like we said, the number one seed getting Summersworth, which kind of what we we thought they might do mid-season yeah. they start 0-4 win four games in a row drop that la- that you know finale there yep. to trinity figure out a way to squeak in <coughs> um kind of the, the the big news or big uh accomplishment there the hillsborough daring hopkinton getting that fourth seed um and hosting and hosting yep. a, a tournament game not only getting in the playoffs for the first time but having a home game against lebanon I don't um, don't remember if they played each other during the regular season. They did. Uh, Hillsboro won. I don't remember what the score was, but I know that well, we will we will find out in a second. Yeah. Um, I, think know, it was a, that, I think it was that to come up. Um, they beat Stevens last week, which yep. again had an in, you know started the year five and zero. Oh, yeah, and then lost four in a row. And it was a convincing. Uh, what did they win? Twenty one nothing. I think it was in a, like an yeah, afternoon yeah. game. Yeah, they played Friday afternoon. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, twenty one to nothing. The Lebanon game, they won 14-7, to like you said, at Lebanon. Tight game. Uh, and Lebanon uh, is dangerous now. You know, I mean, you got to figure one of two things will happen. High, yeah. yeah, they're either yeah. riding high and filled with confidence and geared towards revenge against Hillsborough during Hopkinton, or they're going to have that post-victory let down, perhaps. I mean, so basically I just said nothing because <laughs> it's like, well, it could be anything. It could but be one. It could be this thing or it could be that But thing. it depends, and uh, ho- hopefully, you know, hopefully those – those guys are geared up and understand that, uh, you know, you don't want to you don't want to think just because you just beat Campbell that uh, you're going to roll through um, HDH because HDH is a pretty good football team. Yeah. Uh, Stevens getting the uh, seven seed. They go to play Trinity. Yeah. Um, Trinity, another good story, by the way. Yeah. To be yeah. back 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 at varsity level football in in the tournament. Yeah. If they're not are not fielding a uh, varsity team last year. Yeah. Um, you know. Good to see that them they've been able to kind of turn things around. Um, one, I guess, one of the success stories you could say from uh, the new division format. I know. Yeah. It, uh, and then, like I said, Campbell hosting Laconia in the three-six uh, game. Um, you know, they also played earlier in the season. Uh, you know, Campbell winning that one, forty-eight to twenty-seven. Um, you know, but that was. You know, that was before this little slump that they've been in. Yeah. Um, you know, in Laconia. You know, they've <laughs> put up some points two weeks ago, scoring uh, 65 yeah. against Newport. Uh, I'm not sure if that's going to carry over, but well, you know, yeah, that was uh, that was that 350-yard game that Steele yeah, had yeah. and all that. You know, it's funny. I I don't know whether you have this or not, um, but that loss that Campbell took to Monadnock. What was that win streak? Uh, I th- <laughs> I think it was 18 games actually. Yeah. If I think if, if off the top of my head, yeah. I think that's so, yeah. I mean, there were kids that were playing in that game that probably hadn't lost a game yet, yeah, or couldn't yeah. remember what it felt like, you know. So I don't know. Sometimes that hurts too. I mean, look at when a Cunnett 
they were on a great tear, and then you know they lost. Um, forget who knocked them out. Uh, oh, Lon- Londonderry handed them the first Londonderry, loss. Yeah, right. In a yeah. great game, and and then they've been a little inconsistent since then. And you, you almost wonder does that bubble pop for some of those teams mm-hmm. where they they're not used to that adversity. I mean, yeah. obviously they're a great team, they're talented. You don't win 18 in a row without those things being aligned. But then, how much does it work against you if you're just not? If you haven't been forced to be resilient in in in, uh, in some of these situations, and you know, because like you said, who would have ever thought Campbell would have been in a mini slump? Certainly for them, it's a mini the, yeah, slump. Oh yeah. Mean, other teams would die to be in that position, but um, got to wonder a little bit if there's just a been a shift in mindset or. Uh, hopefully, they uh, for them they can figure it out in the next uh, next five days. Not yeah. you know, don't have too much time. Yeah, hoping they yeah, don't yeah, figure it out. You know, no no real surprises with the uh, Division Four playoff field. Um, we knew Winnesquam, Newfound, and Franklin were going to be in. Order was kind of up up in the air with Winnesquam and Franklin playing to finish out the year. Winnesquam ends up the one seed, uh, Newfound the two, and Franklin the three. Yep. <coughs> Is this Raymond's first playoff appearance? I, I'm not entirely sure about that it, it, because it seemed like all of the talk was, of course, Raymond and Fall Mountain were going for that final playoff spot and right. I you know I saw a lot of s- written about Fall Mountain having not been in the playoffs in in like it's you know 24 years, years yeah. or something like that yeah um you know and they've had you know they finished the year with that game at Newfound so you know pretty tough opponent there that's you know the two seed so they and they ended up losing that game with Raymond beating uh Muscoma Valley to get in um you know so I don't. I don't. I'm not 100 percent sure on that, but I mean, it might be. I can't remember. Yeah, I think it may um, be. Yeah. Uh, I, I, you know, again, I don't know for sure, but uh, but congratulations to them if that's the case. Yeah. They're going in against. They are against Winnesquam, and uh, and you've got Newfound and Franklin. Yeah. Uh, with only four teams, this of course semifinal games on Saturday. Yeah. The championship the following week. Um, you got D1, D2, and D3 are all quarterfinals this week with the semifinals the following week, and then championship games at UNH, UNH. Uh, to finish out. So UNH uh, will still only have three, three games, yes. three levels of play yes, there. The, yeah. uh, Division 4 will finish the week earlier. UNH, the UNH, uh, I guess we can call it Super Saturday. Is that Has that officially been I think that thrown sounds on kinda, it? That sounds kind of cool. Um, we can go with that. November 17th, um, so the Saturday before Thanksgiving once yeah. again. Um, I don't know, any... any thoughts or you know have you decided where you're gonna go on friday or excuse me saturday i haven't i have a, a close friend of mine who is saying so you're gonna be at, at, at my game right and and, <laughs> and you know so my heart pulls me there a little bit but there's some other games that are kind of interesting teams that maybe i haven't seen yet so i really have to think about it a little bit maybe we'll get lucky and they'll they'll actually move a game to friday or love they'll to see them just stagger one yeah. of them yeah take you know take one side of the cluster and 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 or like you know I, I think that's one of the bigger things is you know, having that extra time to prepare, even yeah. though yeah, I think like that's that garbage. But it, it is. It doesn't. <laughs> mean I mean, it's. I can tell you. But I, if that's the matter. case, Especially why not? Especially at this phase of the season, it doesn't matter. You know, an extra day. Why not get Merrimack and North and Bedford and Goffstown to just play Friday? Yeah, so then Friday the everybody's everybody's playing the yeah. same schedule. You get you get all the coverage out for you know like coverages and all split well, up in terms of the media. I mean that's fans. really the biggest problem is that I haven't figured out how to be in multiple places at the same time. That's yeah. my that's yeah, yeah. That, yeah. Well, and I'd like to be too. I, <laughs> think, I think I had mentioned to you a couple of weeks ago there was that one where they were staggered. Uh, it was I don't know, 
maybe three or four years ago. It was um, when Bedford played Winnicunit for Division Two. Right. That was staggered a little bit. Well, there was one year too. Uh, go, uh, not, I mean, three years ago, I think. Um, BG and Bedford played over at Stellos at like five yeah. o'clock. Yeah. So I was able to get to Goffstown, I think, for their playoff game, and then get back here. Yeah. Yeah. I remember uh, running from Pinkerton yeah. Exeter when that was a, it was sealed. And yeah. Able to go see the second half of the, uh, yeah. Bedford Winnicott because it's right up the road. Right down. Yeah. A couple. About five or six years ago, uh, Milford and Portsmouth made up some oh, it's malarkey. That it's been more. It's yeah. It's been more than five. I was thinking about that? that. Yeah, but that yeah. that's going on like eight or nine years was it now. Ago? Yeah, oh God, yeah. I'm old, but they they made yeah. up something. You know, I, I I you know I always looked at that and was like, yeah, right. But they were like, oh no, it's a it's like old home day in Portsmouth, <laughs> so we're gonna play Friday night. I'm like, yeah, you just wanted to play Friday night. I mean, good for them. I yeah, know. yeah. <laughs> but it's like maybe somebody should make up another really uh, a creative story or something about something going on in town. It would be it would be much appreciated on uh, on our end. I yeah, would love, yeah, because yeah. all these good games they're all happening at once. Well, w- hopefully one day we'll figure out how to be in multiple places at once. Yeah, that's a or maybe idea. not. Yeah, yeah. that's <laughs> really not a good idea. Um, well, Mike, thanks again for coming down and, and joining me, Absolutely. and uh, looking forward to a uh, exciting playoff weekend. Yes, sir. And he is Mike Lockman. I am Joe Marcellina. Uh Thanks for checking us out, and we'll talk to you next week.